happiness is definitely something I have, it sounds weird, but like focused on a lot. Like it is a lot more of like an active effort than I think a lot of people realize. Um, and for me, it takes intentional daily effort every day to think about like, Hey, I'm going to wake up. I'm going to be, you know, grateful for what I have. And I think gratitude is a good starting place. Like trying not to fall into the woes me every day and starting your day off with positivity and thinking about those things that you do have, um, allowing yourself to find things and follow things that you're passionate about, even if they seem silly. So like for me, it's fitness, maybe it's golf, maybe it's basket weaving. I don't know, but like giving into those things and making time for those things to allow yourself to have that joy that's, um, you know, something that's going to be, you know, that's going to bring you joy every single day. Welcome to Modern Happiness, where we believe happiness is a choice. Our goal is to share how we and our high-performing guests choose happiness, covering topics such as fitness, mindset, relationships, business, and much more in today's world. Here are your hosts, Matt Mahalik and Taylor Sleaford. What's up, everybody? Taylor and I are so excited to bring to you Kelly Stone this week. Kelly Stone is largely known for being a competitive CrossFitter. But what a lot of people don't know is how much this competitiveness has driven her throughout her life and breaking the stereotypes of, of being a strong, driven female and what that looks like. And even going back to college when she's going to commit to being a D1 swimmer with little swimming experience. And then to you know, being like a straight-A student and getting her doctorate in physical therapy at the University of Florida. And breaking the mold of what it looks like to be a competitive CrossFit athlete and having a full-time job. She loves what she does. And it really fuels her life. And, you know, again, what a lot of people don't know is that uh, she works with a lot of infants uh, in her physical therapy field. Uh, specifically, kids who have been diagnosed with Down syndrome, autism, and cerebral palsy. And she helps those kids uh, take their first steps or start speaking their first words. And she's so passionate about this that she doesn't want to leave that to just go all into CrossFit. Yet at the same time, she's crushing the CrossFit world. And again, she really wants to break the stereotypes of what it means to be a strong, driven, successful female in the health and fitness industry. And being a full-time CrossFitter mixed with her full-time job, not only that, but starting her own LLC at CrossFit Omnia here in Denver, Colorado, and seeing patients out of there. And then also doing some nutrition coaching on the side, kind of managing one-on-one clients um, and utilizing um, being a first-form athlete. So really combining all of this stuff and her passion for it and some of the sacrifices she's made to pursue her passion. And some people think, oh my God, it's so crazy. How can someone be you know, so into fitness the way she is? But when you listen to this episode and if you go on YouTube and you watch this, you can see how much her passion for fitness fuels her. And this is what fills her cup. So I think it's a beautiful takeaway from listening to Kelly Stone and thinking, hey, maybe it's not fitness for you, but maybe there's another part of your life that you are so passionate about that what's the thing that really fuels you and makes you smile the way Kelly smiles and how excited she gets talking about fitness and even her job working with um, her clients and those kiddos. So I think that's the biggest takeaway that uh, we would hope that you'd get from this is learning from Kelly's story and just unapologetically doing what you love. And yes, that might require sacrifice, but this is what will make you super happy in life. Then you should go out and pursue it. So without further ado, welcome on Kelly Stone, and we hope you guys enjoy this episode. And of course, if you like what you're hearing and you want to share 
guys, the only way we get really good feedback is if you go on Instagram and share your biggest takeaway. And at the end of this podcast, actually, I'm, I'm going to do a little giveaway. So stay tuned to the end. And uh, if you share your biggest takeaway, I have a little giveaway for you guys. So again, please support us, share this podcast, let us know what your biggest takeaway was. Uh, it really means a lot to us. And if you want to share this with other people, again, getting the word out on this podcast is what really fills Taylor and I's cup. So thanks again for listening and enjoy this episode with Kelly Stone. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Modern Happiness. Today, we have Kelly Stone. Kelly, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Incredible. Best day of the year. <laughs> Best day of I'm the year. It. Kelly is fresh off West Coast Classic. Yep. Flew You've... back a couple hours ago. How are you feeling? Tired. Yeah. Understandable. <laughs> a lot just, of fitness. Just so we're clear, this is a big CrossFit competition for those of you who don't huge, know. Huge. Huge CrossFit competition in uh, Cali. We're in California. Las Vegas. <laughs> Obviously. Las Vegas. I love CrossFit, guys. I got to tell you, this is going to be a really fire podcast. <laughs> Matt is the closet CrossFitter. Yeah. He'll like hate on CrossFit and then he'll love CrossFit. And Just don't make me do thrusters. We're good. You have a shirt, right? I have a, I have a shirt that says thruster. Uh, so yeah, thrusters. I just met her. Something oh like God. that. Yep. To be fair, it used to be in California. It got moved this year because of COVID. Okay, see. So I know what I'm talking about. I'm old school, man. I've been doing this a You're long just time. just a little stuck in the past. Um, okay, Kelly, we're going to start off with some rapid fire questions. Okay. Okay. Um, number one, what's one thing you're grateful for? My family, 100%. Love it. Beautiful. Do you want me to are these like fast answers or do you want uh, me to dive in? <laughs> whatever, whatever feels right. We call, we, we, we call them rapid fire and then it just, you know, we'll talk. Yeah. For like 20 yeah. Minutes, okay, so. Some of them could be short, but if you want to expand, go whatever for it. Feels good. Yeah. I mean, if you were in the stands, you would have seen my parents there. It was like without fail, no matter what I'm doing, any, anything in my life, my parents are my number one fans. So very grateful for them and That's my brother. Awesome. So yeah. Awesome. It's amazing. It's beautiful to have that support. Awesome. Uh, I've mem- I've memorized these, so hold on. Uh, <laughs> uh, where are you from? Where do you live now? Um, I am born and raised uh, Lakewood, Colorado. So right here, right outside of Denver. Um, left for seven years and then came back. So currently live in Lakewood, not too far from where I grew up. Nice. Is there a second native? Second native on the podcast? We had Colby. Mm, I don't know. I can't remember. Well, not a <laughs> whole lot of us. <laughs> yeah, you're dwindling by the day. <laughs> yep. Yeah, we were talking earlier about how. You know, all of us came out here to Denver and made it busy and populated. And yeah, she grew up here. Yep. Yep. Driving up rent. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Things have changed a lot. There are definitely parts of Denver, even like Rhino, things like that. That that was not parts of town that you would venture when I was growing up. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, hey, Manhattan was the same way, especially in the 80s. You wouldn't go to Times Square even. You wouldn't go to Central Park. But it's good. Okay. What is your favorite thing to do for fun? Sit in the sun, okay. sunbathe, sunbum, be on the beach. Nice. I love it. Sounds tan beautiful. and fit used to always be my joke in college of like, I just want to be tan and fit. Oh, man. <laughs> Do you know who Mark Bell is? He's a power lifter. He owns like super training. They've okay. got like some knee sleeves yeah. that you might like. Colleen Foss used to have them, but he used to have shirts that they sold that said jacked and tan. Oh, yeah. I and like I'm just <laughs> so disappointed they don't sell them anymore. That's good. Let's make some new ones. Print <laughs> yeah. them out. Hashtag modern happiness. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what is your most used emoji? 
Oh, man. I do the crying one a lot for various reasons. <laughs> crying, crying, laughing. Okay. I was going to say, is it crying, laughing, or like <laughs> the, the stream of tears? <laughs> Cover all the bases. Yeah, stream stream of tears, that face, but for various reasons. Yeah. Sometimes because I'm laughing. Um, uh, how about all the liquid coming out? The puke one, <laughs> the sweating one, the, yes. any liquid coming out of the face is, is perfect. Yep. Okay. I imagine you know what this is. What is your walk-up song? Um, I love the Logic song every day. That's like my one rep max. Like, okay, ballin'. can you sing it? No, okay. <laughs> it's <laughs> always <laughs> drop, drop a beat. Kelly just looked at me like, uh, it's always fifty-fifty. Uh, yeah. I think we've had one person. No, <laughs> we've got like three now. I okay. think who, who sung it. <laughs> I just said it's fifty-fifty, oh, and we've had one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 it's fifty-fifty. We've had one person do it. <laughs> Episode twenty-one coming out soon. Yeah, it's so, a good one. Uh, this is math. why I'm a coach. I just prefer picking things up, put them down. I can't count. Yeah. yeah. It's Did basically like I work hard every motherfucking day. It's my day. Uh, oh, okay. I know yeah, that one. Not. I know that one. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I still don't, but I uh, can't wait to listen to it later. Uh, what is your favorite book? Well, I have lots of favorite books, but the one that's on my head right now that I just finished is called Why We Sleep. In we want to talk about sleep, Matt like something. health and my personal happiness and well-being. Everything sleep is so tied into that. Like I'm extra passionate about sleep. So I extra like this book. <laughs> oh, we might have to talk about that because it's important. Something we haven't really dove into. Yeah. And I heard that guy on, it's Matt something, right? The author. I think he's been on Rogan. I've read that book. Oh too. yeah. He was yeah. on the Joe. That's how I heard about him originally. And then I bought his book immediately yeah. and it, it's so good. It's like the the benefits of sleep go even vastly beyond what I even realized. And like, if you read that book and you don't think immediately I need to sleep more, you're <laughs> crazy. Yeah. It, it's that like profound to me anyways. So I, I remember hearing on a joke and like probably three or four years ago and yeah, it was fascinating. And it's like, if we didn't need sleep, we, we would have evolved out of sleep by now, yeah. but we still need it every night. And people like to, well, I mean, people like to brag, I didn't get any sleep, especially back yeah. in New York City. Like, I didn't sleep at all. I get up early. I do all this stuff. It's like, cool, you're dying. Yeah, it's, Congrats. it's funny. <laughs> I have a module in my course on sleep, and I use that. People say, oh, I'll sleep when I'm dead. And I think it's this book. Maybe, maybe I got it somewhere else, but they talk about if you're a chronic night shift worker, meaning like your whole career, you work night shift as a nurse, you could take a decade or more mm -hmm. off your life, yep. which is like, so it's like, oh, I'll sleep when I... I'm dead. No, you're actually going to die sooner. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. I, I, I had a night shift for a little bit when I was doing construction and it was like, I was like, I'm dying. I fucking hate this. And it's not normal. It's just yeah. not normal at all. Yeah. You just feel terrible. And yeah. I yeah. Was and it's even be, I, th I think that's like an interesting contrast because it's become this like idealized thing of like, Oh, not sleeping, you know, like you're more productive, but everything that they show is the absolute opposite of it. Yeah. your productivity goes down. Your likelihood of getting diabetes, dementia, Alzheimer's dying yeah. sooner mm. is you're down. You're less happy. Like less happy. Yeah. Mood. And then, I mean, I do, you know, some nutrition coaching as a side thing. And one of my favorite kind of stats is like, if you take people who are eating in a calorie deficit, gave them five, six hours of sleep versus a seven to eight hour window, they will lose primarily body fat, uh, or most of your weight will come from muscle mass versus body fat simply based on how much sleep you're getting, which I think is really fascinating. Wow. So, and with that lack of sleep, you're, it's harder to make. So I think you talked about this, but like you're, then your body starts craving carbs and shitty mm -hmm. food because Sugar, yeah. it wants that like quick pick yep. me up or I don't know if that's right, yeah. but yeah. And, and then on top of that, it's harder to say no because you have less willpower because you're mm -hmm. fucking tired and you're like, cause your cognitive just, system goes just down. Just give me the donut. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. It's fascinating. Get some <laughs> sleep people and we're done here. That's your tip. <laughs> yeah. Now you can see how these rapid fires go. Okay. Yeah. Do you have a nickname? 
Uh, I mean, Kel Stone, Stoner. Um, my favorite growing up, which my brother still calls me, is Pebbles. I was the little stone of the family. So. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> wow. Can't say it's followed me too, too far, but yeah, um, yeah well, he still calls me I'm going to bring it back. So <laughs> It's actually perfect because you're so strong. It's like Pebbles is kind of, it's like that ironic thing, you know? Mm-hmm. I like it. We got to use well, that. And so offshoot that just made me think of but when I was on the Titan Games <laughs> last year my entry video which the producers will never let me live down is that my whole like last line was like you might be the rock but I'm the stone and I was <laughs> I <laughs> they brought that up every it. time that I like came into a room like That's somebody laughed amazing. about that did so. <laughs> you shoot that at Omnia I or shot part of it there. Okay. That that phrase did not come out of my mouth. Okay, I would have been mortified. Gotcha. I think it was downtown when I did that, and uh, it like, okay, took every okay. ounce of my being to say it seriously. Maybe I heard this story, <laughs> but I feel like I remember when you were filming for that, and I didn't know you that well, and I feel like I heard this story, and I was like, oh, okay. I like it. I like it. You may be the Just wrong wanted to be stone. memorable. Yeah. So. Brilliant. <laughs> it works. Yeah, yeah. It's so good. I love that. Uh, okay. How was meeting The Rock? I got to ask <laughs> since we're talking about it. He is a big dude, cool guy. Um, I'll be honest, I wish we got some more time to actually interact with him, but that that time span was pretty short. Um, But he was great on the show and, you know, involved in the actual filming as far as like the pre show stuff wasn't really involved quite yeah. as much as I think people think but yeah he's just I mean he does so many things you have to commend the guy like I think he was filming a movie at the same time mm-hmm. like I just finished up his tequila tour and then is filming with us in between so like when you talk about tired and probably needing some sleep I'm sure he is at the top of that yeah list. yeah <laughs> he seems very yeah tight schedule exclusive but we'll get him on the podcast one day too yeah. <laughs> um what did you want to be when you grew up so I was always dead set on going to medical school. Always said I was going to be a doctor. Um, and I like to jokingly call it my quarter life crisis in college where I made that transition and realized that that was not what I wanted to do. And I was like full blown panic mode of this is what I'm supposed to do. And honestly, that was one of the first decisions I made for myself that I think really shaped me as like an independent person and kind of pushed me towards things that I'm actually passionate about because I almost made a decision to do something because I thought it was what I was supposed to do and what people expected of me and not because I actually enjoyed it. So. Oh, we'll be talking about that for sure. <laughs> um, okay. What is your superpower? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I would say I have a very good ability to read and connect with people. Um, and I, that's definitely something I think that I've acquired. I don't think I was naturally like that. Um, growing up, I was actually very shy, but I think pushing myself to go out of state for college and grad school and then being in a profession where building rapport with patients and families is so critically important. I think I've just developed the skill set where I can connect and kind of find find what makes people tick and kind of just read people on the front end to kind of figure out like what it, what's it going to take to break that barrier so that they can trust me. Interesting. What, what makes me tick? <laughs> <laughs> We'll go back. <laughs> okay. all right, all right. I'm going to need some more time. <laughs> um, awesome, Kelly. That is all of our rapid fire. So we have so much we want to talk to you about tonight. Um, but I'd love to start with like a recap, a debrief, West Coast Classic. I don't even know. Have you done this yourself? Have you really thought through it? Is it still kind of like processing everything? It's still processing. I feel like yesterday I was just total blah recovery mode. Today I've been processing but not fully haven't fully molded over yeah so for those listening west coast classic is an opportunity to qualify for the crossfit games which is the super bowl the world series of crossfit top five individual females automatically go top uh six seven and eight get to go to an online last chance qualifier kelly finished eighth 
which means she is super fit, way fitter than Matt and I could ever be combined. Mm -hmm. um, so you have another competition coming up. I yeah? do. What is, uh, what is that like for you, kind of processing? You're not done. Yeah, it's it's been a little overwhelming because you obviously you don't go into a competitive weekend with any intention other than qualifying for a spot. Like I think if you were at that competition and you weren't at least mentally going into it with the mindset that I'm going to get one of those five spots, you're in the wrong place. You know, like that's just not the mindset I think that you want to have. Um, so it's hard to even think of what comes beyond that. Like I, I would have people asking me like, well, what are you doing the week of July or this, that? And I'm like, I can't answer that question. I have this obstacle. It felt like a wall that I have to get through and this is my focus. And then beyond that, we'll think about the next step. So I wasn't thinking about the last chance qualifier until it actually happened. Um, and now I'm starting to kind of wrap my head around it. And, you know, it's definitely not the most ideal situation, I would say, coming off of a big comp where, you know, you have the effects on my body from competing strenuously for three days. But I think the bigger piece is the mental and kind of hormonal dump that you get after a comp because it's so stressful and I care so much about it. So even yesterday I woke up and I felt like I was going to get sick. I um, think I was able to kind of work myself out of that. But it's hard to think about turning around and within a week um, being in that same headspace <laughs> to compete again. But, you know, I have another opportunity and another chance. And like any competition, my goal is to go in and do the best that I can do in that particular day, in that particular setting. And so I will get myself there one way or another and just see what happens. I love that. A true mindset of a competitor. I would imagine there's people there that are like, oh, I'm going to have fun. And maybe not like you said, of like wanting to go, wanting to win. Yeah, you know, it's hard to tell. I mean, I think at that level because, you know, there's only 30 girls competing there. And that's among the top 120 in North America. So you're already taking this minuscule pool, like less than 1% of all the people who started the season. So, you know, I think the other ironic thing for me was because I came in as the 28th seed. And so I think a lot of people were just baffled that I ended up in eighth. And to me, I was like, well, I don't feel like I was a 28th seed because I don't feel like I performed to my best in the previous um, phase called quarterfinals. So to me, like this was me showing up you know, more true to myself. And that was my biggest thing going into this is I just wanted to feel good about the effort and performances that I put out there and feel like they were reflective of who I am as an athlete. And I did not feel like I did that at quarterfinals. Um, so in that regard, I think it was a huge improvement from that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, earlier we were talking when I first got here. And so you've been to the CrossFit Games on a team. So you've been before you've high level competitor. Now you're trying to go as an individual and you talked a little bit about the mindset. So I'd love to hear more about what is that shift like for you? And like, what was your mindset kind of the ups and downs of the weekend? Yeah. So honestly, that has been something I have struggled a lot with, um, this year, this last year and a half. Um, and something I've been actively working on because, and I, I honestly, I don't know what why it kind of became that way, but because I grew up as an individual athlete, you know, I was a gymnast, I was a swimmer, I've always done individual sports. And, you know, when I started CrossFit, I went right into team mindset. And I'm not sure if that was just the nature of the gym that I ended up at. And they had, you know, I moved here in 2016, I had just started CrossFit, you know, our gym qualified for their first CrossFit games. And I made this like immediate goal right then and there. Like I flew out to watch them compete and I said, I'm going to be on that team next year. And I just like set my brain in that mode and didn't look back. And so next year rolls around, make that team in 2017, 18 followed over. And that was just, you know, I think I thrived in that environment. And then from there, you know, kind of 
the team kind of dissolved a little bit and I just felt like I owed it to myself to try to go individual because it's such a high honor to compete at that level individually. And so I started kind of taking steps to do that and then, you know, had been set up to compete at some large individual comps and then COVID hit. And so it just kind of slowed this whole process. And so, you know, now 2021 rolls around and I have the chance to go individual and for whatever reason, I felt like a little at odds of trying to translate my mindset from team to individual where, you know, and I, I honestly, I haven't quite figured out myself what that difference is for me. If it's just feeling like I have people to rely on, if it's feeling like, you know, I can't let other people down, you know, versus letting myself down. Like, I'm not really sure what the difference is, but it has been a tough mindset adjustment. And I mean, I am my own toughest critic. So, you know, it's hard for me sometimes when, you know, even somebody would congratulate me after an event this weekend and, you know, I take it in stride and I appreciate that feedback. But if it was something that I'm like, that was not something I was proud of, it's so hard for me to like accept that and be like, no, but like I shouldn't do this and I shouldn't fail that. And I should have done this better. Um, but yeah, that was a lot of thoughts, but <laughs> see, I, I wonder what's worse is if you're on a team and you're like fucking Mike tripped and fell over or missed a lift or something. And you're like, we had this one and Mike blew it and we all crushed it and I did the best I could or it's individual. And like you were saying, you're just kind of your own worst critic and, yeah. you're, and you're beating yourself up for it for maybe a little mistake here or there. Yeah. I feel like it should be the reverse. Like I feel like it should be more stressful being on a team because you don't want to let a team down. But I also feel like you have, you can pull strength from them. And like when you're out there, like I was standing there before my first event and I was like, I might throw up. Like I am so nervous because it's like, I just, I've put in, it's this buildup of all this work I've put in over COVID training in my garage and just like, okay, can I actually hang at this level? Can I hang with these people? Can I, you know, put this together? And it's just so much pressure that I put on myself. And at the end of the day, I just got to kind of breathe out and realize like, Hey, I'm prepared. My training has prepared me well. I can do this. Um, but yeah, it has definitely been a very active, like mindset is something we've worked on a lot with me this year as far as, <laughs> That's great. I would love to hear what, what have you tried? You mentioned being your own worst critic. I think a lot of listeners could relate to that. I know I have. Um, what have you done to work on mindset? What does that look like? Also, who's we? Uh, my coach and I. Okay. Yeah. Who's, who's your coach? You want to shout him out? Bloss. He's lost. He coached our team all three years that we went to the games, um, two that I was on, and I have forced him to stick with me. Nice. <laughs> like it or not. Awesome. Um, so, yeah, I would have been a total disaster this weekend without him. <laughs> he probably would say that's not the case, but <laughs> he has such a calming influence on me and just knows me so well as an athlete. So even when I doubt myself, um, he's there to just, like, back me up and yeah. kind of give me that kick in the butt that I need. But, um, yeah, I would say like journaling has been a big thing for me, you know, in the weeks leading up, like, you know, I've, I've made it a point this year to always do kind of like my gratitude pages and stuff, which I think is one aspect of that. But in terms of specific mindset, um, doing journaling with positive affirmations and things specifically that I could control in a competitive situation. So like I will be in control of my breathing. I will, you know, trust my training. I will, breathe during my events you know those like very conscious things that I could in the moment like even as we're about to go out into the competition floor I can take a deep breath I can stay in my lane I am capable you know things that I could like grasp onto from that journaling to be able to kind of just calm the chaos if you will yeah <laughs> um, I love that words are powerful <clears throat> Did, yep and then there... a lot of it uh too was even pre-event immediately we would kind of talk through like the very concrete things of what I was going to do at each stage. So like, 
during pull-ups, you're doing this, doing, you know, this, you're doing this. And so just to like, again, those quick, quick fire things to think about, um, cause it's so easy just to get so overwhelmed with, you know, the noise and the announcers and being in lanes next to, so I made it into the final heat for most of the weekend. And you're standing next to people who have, you know, like Carrie Pierce is like the, been the fittest American at the games, how many times. And so you're like, wow, this is like real, like these are like real people, you know, and like I'm here. So it's like, you're kind of like starstruck and also like, Hey, I can hang and I want to beat them at the same time. And so just being able to like reel it back in because that's not really productive thoughts going into a competition. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. That's incredible. So you had mentioned earlier about like, quarterfinals you didn't feel like showed your best you knew you could do well and and you but you still have those doubts right those thoughts of like can I hang am I but how do you feel now do you feel like that was a little like confirmation like no I can hang like you sounds like you knew that you believe in yourself and yet you're like unsure yeah this weekend was really like reaffirming to me because I felt like even not putting out like I would say with the exception of one event I felt like I had things in every other event that I could have done better. So I'm like, okay, like if I could hang in there and then if I, you know, not to put it as like a negative thing, but like if I would have, you know, performed at my best in all of these, like I really could have been in, in contention for a top five spot. So, you know, I was there, I'm capable. I need, you know, I need to put it together. And ultimately I didn't, but I think I, I showed enough where I'm like, I can hang, you know, and I, I was most proud, honestly, of my consistency because that's not something in the past I would have necessarily said where, you know, like the goal for me was all top 10 finishes. Didn't quite get there, but yeah. I was pretty dang proud of the ones that I had. So I'm like, you know, if, and I also didn't feel like there was an event that was like total wheelhouse for me. Like if there was a swim event or a handstand walk event where I'm like, I could really win an event like that. I didn't feel like I had one of those. So to stick it out in some events where like even our thruster rope climb event, when that event got announced, I was total panic mode. Like this is going to be a disaster. This is going to be a top, you know, a 20 plus finish. And to get a top 10 finish in that one, that was like, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> so, That's awesome. Um, That's so cool. Yeah. Cause I, I got to see you train and see you do the first one. And then you repeated it and then you tried it yeah. again. And you're the first time, you know, the oh, first time you're doing mode. these, I'm like, okay, <laughs> don't talk to Kelly for a little bit. Yeah. And then you redo it a couple of days later. And I'm like, wow, she's really happy. Awesome. Yeah. New strategy. And, and then I was still about a minute faster. Yeah. So like even just the progression, like I felt like I have made such big strides since quarterfinals and like a six week period of just really honing in on mindset, recovery, you know, nutrition, like even more so than I normally do where I have, you know, for the most part, shut out a lot of other things, like done bare minimum and other aspects of my life. And just even friends and family, like, I love you guys, but like, I've got to rest in every spare moment that I have because this is taking so much out of me. But to see the progress that I was able to make in some of those areas where, you know, the first time I tested the thruster rope climb workout, I got capped because my arms exploded. And then to finish top 10, over three minutes faster than that first time I originally did it within like a two week period, like pretty proud of that. And then, um, even, you know, like the, how far my ring muscle ups have come, like that is an event when you throw 15 ring muscle ups at a start of an event that I would have panicked at the past and to see how much progress I've made in the last year in some of those areas has been really cool. That's awesome. I wanted to circle back on what you mentioned with the sacrifice and cutting, I mean, not cutting out's the right word, but, um, telling your parents like, Oh, I can't hang out or friends. I can't hang out. I need, rest and recovery. Um, you had mentioned, we sent you, you know, uh, an intake form. You had mentioned you stay up late at night 
wanting to making sure you're spending time on the right things and you value time a lot and you have so many things you want to do and time is your biggest limiter and now you're sacrificing you know you said when we started you're so grateful for your family and you're sacrificing time with them and what does that feel like and and i don't know if so many people understand how much people like you and, and crossfitters especially like sacrifice it's not like i work out at my job work hard on my job and then i go home and get good rest it's like no no, no this is 24 7 everything you eat getting the right amount of sleep recovery stretching like mobility all this stuff that's like it's pretty down to the minute of what what you have to do right um what has that sacrifice been like for you you know, it's tough. Like, I, I honestly feel like the last six weeks of my life, like, my day has been planned out in 10-minute blocks for, like, all day. And I, like, I say that jokingly, but I'm, I'm completely serious. I'm, like, sleep time, morning routine, like, you know, with all the patients that I see. And, you know, I realized that that was something that I had to do, at least for this period of time, because I'm competing against people who do this full time. So I think that is something that I can say I'm unique. I think there is one other girl in the top 10 who has a job everybody else trains full time. So like that means maybe double sessions. That means recovery time. That means less stress. And those are things that I most of the time don't have the privilege of having. And like, that is a choice, you know, that I acknowledge like, yes, I could quit my jobs and train full time. And I'm not willing to do that at this point in my life for various reasons, but it's, it's a factor. So when I say, you know what, I'm not happy with how I did in quarterfinals. I really want to put my best foot forward for semis and just setting those boundaries where, you know, I'm still going to talk to my parents and I'm going to do that, but it's just limiting that exposure and just saying that this, you know, I spend so much of my life giving my time to other people. And I, I love that. So in all my job aspects, I'm sure we'll talk about that at some point, you know, I am passionate about helping people from infants to adults, to weight loss, you know, PT, uh, but it's, it's a lot of giving. And I feel like sometimes I don't, do enough things for myself. And so fitness and competing has always been the one thing I've done for me. And that's been from when I was little and I started gymnastics when I was four and swimming in college. And it's where I feel like most authentically myself, like it sounds cheesy, but yeah. it's like where I just feel like I'm in my zone and nothing else matters. And so, you know, I may not have the opportunity to compete at this level forever. You know, I'm 30, I'm not old, but you know, injuries happen. Um, I'd like to have my own family at some point and stuff, but there's just certain things that have kind of taken a back seat, even things like dating where I'm like, I just, you know, don't have a whole lot of time. Yeah. <laughs> and so unless it's something that's very valuable to me and those friends that, you know, are very valuable to me, like they do get time, but they also know how important this was to me and were respectful, um, of that kind of just sacrifice in the last six weeks or so. Yeah. I think that's super interesting that you said your me time is the fitness and doing this because, from me, obviously this is my passion. This isn't what I do. Um, that I was going to ask, like, how do you stay so committed to maybe doing two a days, going to bed earlier, not going out for drinks when your friends are going out to drinks and, oh my God, like COVID's kind of over. Like, let's go see, you know, live music and things like that. Is, is it hard to do all this? Or maybe like you said, like, this is your self care is what you love. Yeah. I just love it. And I think you know, something I, when I work with, you know, like my nutrition clients and lifestyle clients, 
I, I just sometimes want to put them in my body and be like, this is what it feels like to feel good and to like truly appreciate exercise and all of its benefits because I have such passion with it and I enjoy it. And when people are like, look at exercise as a chore, it makes me sad because I'm like, how, how can you do that? You know? And I'm sure there are people look at me like, how can she train all this, you know, all the time? But I, I genuinely love it. It's my favorite part of my day. Even when I have total disaster days or I feel like crap, um, it just, yeah, it just brings me more joy than probably anything else in my life. Even when there's thrusters and rope climbs. Even when there's thrusters <laughs> and yeah. rope climbs. You're like, let's do because it. Because then you accomplish things that you never thought like you could do. And, you know, I'm like amazed by myself sometimes <laughs> of like, I honestly didn't think I could do that, you know? And, um, yeah, you know, it's just, it's been just, it's been the constant in my life. Like people come and go, you know, my family's obviously a constant, but, um, you know, you could go ask them like what's something that, you know, Kelly has always thrived and it's like in a competitive environment and in these different types of settings. And it's been different sports throughout the years, but something that I just is a constant for me. I, I love, I love it. Just, I mean, just looking I'm at so life. Excited, the, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I know you can see the excitement and it's so, it's, it's making like, me why excited. Am I using my hands yeah. <laughs> it's making me excited. And, and I think, uh, you said something important where it's like the thrusters rope climb, right? It's a chance for you to get better. And when we, change the way we look at things, the things we look at change. And if we can, I forget who said that. Dude, look that up maybe. Um, but it's like, this is what I found when I'm like, um, I, I, had, I told Taylor this, this is the last time I can remember being like super scared about something when um, I was closing out my program and I was going to do this live, or I was going to do this visualization for this, like the closing ceremonies and it was live. I've never really done something like this before. And I'm like, I was kind of shaking. I don't want to fuck it up. But I was like, this could scare me and I could be like, you know what? I'm just not going to do this. Like I'm yeah. going to practice it 10 more times and then maybe I'll do it the next round. But I was like, no, do it. The fact that you're scared, this is so exciting. Oh. Like you're about to get better at something. You have an opportunity to learn and grow. So I love that mindset just on going into, you know, not just workouts, but it sounds like everything in life. Yeah. I think, yeah, if it, it if it scares you, like that's exciting. Like that's like, uh, oh gosh, my mom's going to kick me. She's going to listen to this and be like, you should remember it. Uh, what did she send me? Uh, pressure is a privilege. He was like sending mm. me these quotes, um, before I was competing. I'm like, nice. you know what? Like that is so true. Like how many that. people go through their day, just blah, like, Oh, I have to wake up. I have to go to work. I'm going to sit on the couch and watch a show. I don't really care about. I'm blah. Like, and I wake up every day and I'm like, I'm excited to go to work. I'm excited to work out. I'm excited to compete. I'm excited about, you know, the relationships and friendships that I've cultivated and I'm like, man, like it makes me feel so grateful because I have so many things I'm excited about. And at the same time is so overwhelming because I have days where I'm like, I have so many things I want to do. And I just little, like, this is my brain of like, this is why I'm up at night of like, but time is passing and I want to do this and I want to do this. And it's hard because I'm like, professionally, I want to do these things. And competitively, I want to do these things. And sometimes I feel like I spread myself so thin that I'm like, I can't be the best at either. And that's like a hard pill to swallow. Like I have no doubt that if I was to say, you know what, I'm quitting my jobs, I'm training full time, I'm doing everything it takes. I will hundred percent qualify for the CrossFit games. Like I have no doubt in my mind, but it's hard to say, well, I think I can do it, but I'm also going to work full time and I'm going to have my own side business and I'm going to do this and okay, try to travel. Okay, okay. And well, it's a little crazy. <laughs> 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 we're we, all getting excited we, uh, okay two thoughts one if if you guys are listening go go on youtube and watch i don't know what the timestamp is but kelly is fired up she is <laughs> energized and it's like if you wonder you know because matt asked that question and i'm sure there's people out there who are like man why does she train all the time like she doesn't get to do fun things on the weekend or stay out late or go to the bars or whatever and it's like well look at how excited she is and you can hear that in her voice and it's like like your mom said it's like find something 
Passion. Yeah. Secondly, you opened up Pandora's box here. <laughs> why? Okay. So why not quit? Why not? Now's the time. You're 30. We all know there's a there's a limit on competitive sports, no matter what it is. So what's holding you back? Why not do it? If you, you just said, I know I could qualify for the CrossFit Games. It's so hard. And I think what it comes down to me, down to for me, um, and this has been my struggle throughout my life, is I am more multidimensional than that. So like I've, you know, I think I wrote something in my intake about like breaking stereotypes and I hated growing up that people assumed you're an athlete, you can't be smart. So like I made it a point to be, you know, scholar athlete of the year and valedictorian in my high school class. Like I was our top female biology student. I was top 4.0 GPA in my graduate school. And it was like, because education mattered to me just as much as sports, which probably surprises a lot of people. Um, and I think, you know, even when I was saying like, I didn't go to medical school, like so much was built on that because I value education so much. And I felt like that was like the penultimate goal of like, this is what I was supposed to do. And so stepping back and really realizing, okay, that's not it, but I need to move on and find something else that also feels like I'm pushing myself, um, in that regard. So Needless to say, I worked a long time to get a doctoral degree and to put a doctor in front of my name. And it's hard to think about just throwing that aside because as much joy as I get from fitness, like if we start talking about the kiddos that I get to work with on a regular basis, like they bring me so much joy too um, that I can't, I, I just can't even imagine stepping away from the roles that I have in all these other hats that I wear. So mm. again, I'm like, I feel like I need like three of me <laughs> to do all the things that I want to do. Um, but yeah, like I get to total offshoot, you know, I work with special needs kids, which I think a lot of people don't know about me. And, you know, I have, I've had kiddos where they've taken their first steps into my arms or who have walked who never thought that they, doctors said they would never walk or, you know, I've built relationships with, like I have a little boy who I got him at six weeks old and, um, he's about to turn five and I'm still in his life. And so when I think about those across the, like the scope of my life, I'm like, would I give all of that up just to compete in CrossFit? I'm like, I don't know. Mm, interesting. Okay. I'm going to challenge you a little <laughs> bit because I know you and I, I see this, right? Part of the reason we wanted you on the podcast, you're a highly competitive athlete. Like you have a big following on social media. That might be the things people see, right? But you and I have conversations. We did a, a nutrition challenge together and we, we talk about sleep. We talk about nutrition we talk about mindset and like things that are important. And we're going to dive deeper into some of this stuff. Um, and even just like perceptions of other people and, you know, body image and, and all these things. So what if you become the CrossFit Games athlete that trains full time and, you know, what did you say? Breaking stereotypes, right? Because yeah. I see a lot of uh, full-time CrossFit Games athletes and they post their training and they talk about this and this is what I did today. And like, what if that allowed you more time to do those things? Yeah. I mean, it's true. I mean, I think best my ideal case, if you said like, what do you want? Like, I want to compete and work. Like I want to show that it's possible and I'm not saying it's easy. And I try mm. not to let myself use it as an excuse. Can't say I'm always the best at that, but like, I want to show, Hey, you can do this. You can work full time. You can be an individual CrossFit games athlete. And I think there's something about that that can be so motivating for other people where like, you know, I even got messages over the weekend of like, you're so inspiring for my daughter. And like, we love that you're you know, you work and you do this and, you know, consistently on my social media, like I share those, you know, good days, bad days. I try to overall be positive, but I get probably more responses on the days where I say, you know what guys, 
I saw 10 patients today. I'm tired. I don't really want to be here, but I'm showing up for myself because this is important to me. And I can't tell you how many people I've gotten that said, you know what? I wasn't going to work out today until I saw that. And I'm getting my butt to the gym now. So on so many levels beyond just myself and CrossFit, like overarching goal is to motivate people to live their best lives too. So, okay. You crushed <laughs> that answer. Mm-hmm. I challenged you, you, you know, threw a curveball, you knocked it out of the park, uh, which is cool because you have a clear why mm-hmm. and it's deeper than just your identity is not just in being an athlete, yeah. right? Because I think a lot of people see that we hear about it in sports where, you know, someone, um, wins the world series or the super bowl. And then all of a sudden they kind of have that depression after, and yeah. they're like, Oh, I worked so hard for this thing. And now what? And it's like, you got to love the process. And so what's interesting about your, your answer, and this is kind of my second thought, but I wanted to ask, challenge you a little bit there is maybe that's what makes you great is because you have this, because you have the kids, because you have energy and love and people around you. And I think there, there might be other people where it's like, all they have is CrossFit. Mm-hmm. And the reason they can't, you know, push back that barrier is because like, they know in the back of their head, we're like, well, if this doesn't work out, then What's I next? have nothing. Right. Yeah. And you have so many other passions and well, it is tough and it makes the schedule harder. You know, perhaps that's the thing that actually like continues to fuel you, which is yeah. really cool. Yeah. I mean, and like if I cross, knock on wood, this doesn't happen, but if, it, if something were to happen, I have a catastrophic injury and I had to quit CrossFit tomorrow, I would be devastated, but I have so many other things in my life. I know I would be okay. You know, like I would find something else and I would seek other avenues. I already have so many other avenues that make me happy. So, you know, I have no, like I'm, I'm so much more than CrossFit. And again, it's like been my, my goal is just always to show people I'm so much more than what that initial impression is. And, you know, even in the same line with social media, like I hate assumptions or I'm like, you don't know me, you know? And I mean, again, part of that's my fault. It's hard to convey everything about me and some things I keep private and (laughs) hard to, you know, have all that stuff broadcasted all the time. But, um, yeah, it's just, uh, I do think that that's something I've always been busy. I've always kind of thrived in, you know, being involved in various different things. So it's hard to think about just throwing all my energy into one thing. Like could be good. Could also be, um, yeah, could backfire. (laughs) Okay. We asked you this in the questionnaire, but it kind of came up is, can you forecast what life looks like after CrossFit? What are, what's on the docket or are you just so in it right now? You're like, this is what I'm going to focus on. Yeah. I mean, I'm in it right now. I know that, you know, health and fitness will always be a big part of my life. I don't know that I'm necessarily going to be one of those like 55 year old masters competitors. Like, I I don't know, maybe, but, um, I think, you know, if nothing else, it would give me more time to expand into some of these other areas that right now I just honestly don't feel like I have the bandwidth, um, to even talk about. I mean, like we've talked about, you know, doing stuff with programming and I'm like, I'm like, I have, I would love to do some online PT stuff. I would love to do some online training. Like I feel like I have the knowledge and expertise to offer so much more. And I just have this year have not felt like I've had the bandwidth to do anything else than what I'm currently doing. Yeah. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. I mean, totally like these people yeah. who are like, you're inspiring, you inspire my daughter. It's like, you have so many people and with the following too, you have so many people you could help. Yep. Um, and you're already helping so many people too. Yeah. And it's great. And it's great to have this, like something that you love so much to, to go after. And that's, again, that's your, like, that's your self care. Yeah. That's what you love so much and what fires you up. Um, th- I think that's what's so important to have, like Taylor was saying before, and you nailed that question, um, to kind of have these two avenues, just two things that you love so much. If I put the, you know, I yeah. know you do a lot of things, right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's great. I don't yeah. have any questions off following that. I just loving it. 
Yeah, this is great. Okay, so I want to dive in. Let's talk a little bit about social media and influence and people's perspective on you. So you have, sorry, last time I looked, like 150,000 followers? She just shrugs it off. I mean, what is that? I mean, first of all, what is that like? And was was there a point where you're like, you know, you kind of had some following and then all of a sudden you're like, whoa, this is weird. Like, how did this happen? So I will say it was very intentional. So I think there are definitely people who just grow by nature of, you know, something happening or being famous for something or other. This was a very intentional effort on my part. And I think, um... I would say really the start of 2020, even like pre-pandemic, I just made this decision because I was so frustrated with, number one, the content I was seeing from people out there that I thought often was bullshit and sending people the wrong messages. And um, I also felt like a lot of people got opportunities that weren't necessarily as skilled or qualified as I was because they had a social media uh, following. And I don't necessarily support that. Like, I don't think just because you have a following means anything. Like I am not someone who thinks that my credibility comes from the fact that I have 150,000 followers. My credibility comes from my background and my degrees and my education and my personal experience. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, I made this conscious effort to start growing and you know, it, social media, it's a, I mean, it's a system like you, there are very concrete things and you have to find your niche and you have to kind of stick in your vein of things like so appealing to enough people, but not venturing too far out. I think then you kind of get lost in the noise. And, um, you know, I really had to open up and grow as a person because, you know, one of the, I think the biggest things that's helped me in that vein is like just being open and honest and like talking on there. And that is something like, I laugh about it now, but, um, I had somebody who I kind of call him my like life coach, my mentor when it comes to social media stuff. And I mean, he would tell me from the start, like, you've got to talk in your story. You've got to like, let people get to know you because right now you're just this like closed off athlete. Like you're just like this person on a pedestal. You're not real. And as soon as I started opening up and actually just like talking and sharing my life, like I noticed a huge increase in, um, kind of the pull I was able to get, but I think quarantine, not that I necessarily planned it that way, but really kind of just started, uh, spitballing, you know, and making everything kind of grow because people had nothing else to do, but sit around and be on social media. And so, um, you know, at this point, I think it just, it gives me leverage to share good information. I hope, you know, that's helpful for people and connect with people. And I have so many, um, friends that I have, met through social media and that I'm so grateful for. And I feel like I'm able to make a positive influence every single day with what I put out there and the, you know, kind of the offshoots of that. Um, but yeah, it's tough. It definitely has its pros and cons. Um, and you know, I think one, probably the biggest thing I struggle with is, and there's, there's a stat with this too, where like for every, negative thing, it takes like five positive things to offset it. At least. And (laughs) it's so true. Like even last night, I'm like reading through comments from one of my, from one of my posts from the comp, positive, positive, probably a hundred positive comments, one negative comment about steroids and it like threw me on a bender. And I'm like, why do I let this happen to me? Like, because I'm like, it's just somebody who questions my ability. I'm like, I work my butt off and everything that I do. And even just like an outsider, like questioning my work ethic, like drives me crazy. Yeah. It's those reds and greens. Yeah. It's It's not the steroids. It's the reds and greens. I was going to say, what what a great compliment. Thank you so much that you think I'm on steroids. And I just like try not to feed into it, but it still, it still gets me reeling. Like, it's just one of those things, yeah. like, those negative 
and assumptions or I'm just, oh, and it's like, but there's so much positive. So I'm like, why do I get held up on those things when it's p- clearly insecure people hard, yeah. who have no idea yeah. like what, what it takes to, you know, compete at the level I do. Well, and I imagine it's partly perception because that person puts that and then all of a sudden anyone that reads it, mm-hmm. potential doubt, yep. right? And um, so I'd, I would love to hear about, so you put a post out asking people, um, what do they s- assume about you versus yeah. like, what is real? Tell us about that. What kind of responses do you get where people, maybe they, what did they think about your life or who you are versus like, what's actually true? Yeah, that was really fascinating. I mean, there were some people who were very spot on and we'll talk about the good, but, um, you know, again, it was one of those where I felt like I was being vulnerable, kind of begging people to say, okay, like, what do you got? Like, what are you assuming? You know, there's going to be negative or potentially, you know, things that you don't necessarily want to hear. Um, but a lot of it was, you know, oh, you know, you post because you're attention seeking or you're insecure or, you know, you take steroids or you don't work like you just train and work out all the time. You get paid to work out and all this stuff where I'm like, I just want to shake all of you like this is not true. You know, and then you have some people who just read me so well of like you're so empathetic and you just like give so much of yourself and um, you know, you're so passionate about all these different things that you do and stuff. So it was definitely a good, well-layered response, but, um, yeah, just interesting. Like things that I would expect, I guess. Like, I think there is an assumption that if you post a lot on social media that you must either be insecure or attention seeking, like that seems to be a common theme and I'm not sure how to kind of get people away from that (laughs) mindset, but I mean, I don't know. I I wanted to ask a question on this because I don't want to take us totally off social media. It's kind of part of it. But like you mentioned talking about body image and stuff and uh, like, yeah, I just, I want to, you know, I can post a bikini pic or whatever because I fucking work hard and I look good and I just want to show it. Like, why is that so bad? It is such a double standard and something I, you know, I think about a lot and I hope starts or continues to evolve. You know, like I think I mentioned, I think we're doing a really good job of starting to embrace like female strength, you know, not saying that everyone needs to look like me. Like I have a lot of muscle and you know, it's valuable for me and I like it for myself, but there's still this assumption that if you post something that's more revealing or, you know, something that it's for other people and like, just like you said, like I work really hard. I pay a lot of attention to my nutrition. I feel confident sometimes in a bathing suit or, you know, in a sports bra or whatever it is. And like, I want to empower other people to feel comfortable in their own skin too. So it doesn't have to be this assumption that it's for somebody else or that it's supposed to be like enticing men to me. Like that's not really (laughs) intended for. Um, but it's definitely, you know, it's, it's, it's out there. It's still a thing. And, um, I feel like even, even like, between women on social media, there's disparities. So like somebody who maybe that's what a lot of their content is, like somebody, okay, you're an OnlyFans, like nothing wrong with that. That's what you're doing. Um, I think people expect that type of content from you, but I feel like I have to be very careful to not present myself a certain way because I have a specific brand image, if you will. And so I think like the example I gave is I had posted a photo, this is a while ago, but in like a bodysuit that I felt like this was like, I felt so strong and empowered when I, when I got the shot taken of me and I wanted to, I think I posted it for like a women's empowerment day or something. And somebody reported it because like my nipple was showing through my bodysuit, but like, I'm like, I don't have big boobs. Like I didn't feel the need to wear a bra. It didn't seem necessary. And that was like, not the point of the photo. Yeah. Like it wasn't exposed and like it got removed and reported. And I was like, so like just a bad, like just 
what is wrong with people? <laughs> you yeah, know, like, yeah. um, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. It's like you said, they're insecure, jealous. And you know, I, you know, I work hard on my fitness too. Not as hard as you, but I work hard <laughs> and like do make some sacrifices to eat healthier and like, dude, I could eat pizza all day, but like, that's not, it's not whatever. Go down that rabbit hole. But like I wake up, I wait as long as I can to put a shirt on. I enjoy walking around, especially when it's so nice out and sitting on my deck and I'll go for walks around the neighborhood without a shirt, working on my tan. And now I want to go post on social media and I'm like, if I'm going to make a post to be on my story, sometimes I post with my shirt off, but it's like, I got to put a shirt on just because people are going to be like, Oh, look at this That's fucking douchebag. Douche yeah. Like, Oh yeah, you're fit. And it's like, this is how I'm comfortable. Can I yeah. just do this without yeah. feeling like I'm about to be judged? Yeah. Well, and I think the other big piece for me too, like nutritionally, so something I'm really passionate about is helping people realize that you can attain a healthy and strong physique without starving yourself, Um, especially women. I get a ton of women that come to me for nutrition coaching that are eating 10 to 1200 calories a day. And I'm like, you can eat so much more. And so I like to show the body that I've built eating like I eat 3000 calories a day right now. Like, and I need that much fuel. But no carbs, right? Carbs are from the devil. <laughs> oh, if I get, well, if I could change uh, one thing, yeah. it's, I so, knew that was going to fire her up. I had well, to say well, it. Didn't hear There's anything. nothing that gets me more fired up other than steroids is carbs, that carbs are evil. I'm on this mission to show like fueling your body, like feeling good. Um, you know, eating good food sources. Carbs are not the enemy. Like I, I know Joke had 450 to 500 grams of carbs every day that I was competing and I'm probably the leanest and fittest I've ever been in my life. So, and I think that's part of also like, I want to show my body not to be, not to rub it in people's faces, but to say, Hey, like there's another way you don't have to be on some super restrictive fad diet. You don't have to do keto. You don't have to do whatever it is. Like just eat in moderation, be consistent. And like, you can, you can do anything you want to do. Uh, just so everyone knows, when I walked in here, Kelly was eating rice cake. <laughs> uh, <laughs> how, how many how many carbs? How many grams of carbs did you say? Uh, four fifty. Yeah, so I, w- I was eating four hundred to four fifty a day going into the comp, and then upwards so of uh, on my long run day where we had the ruck run and two other events, I I had right around six hundred grams of carbs. Guys, you can eat that many carbs if you fucking tried tomorrow. <laughs> I dare you to it's try and eat six hundred carbs. It's a lot of sugar. Not my not my normal. But yeah, I, lo- I would love to talk about because I follow up personal trainers as part of my business and a lot of those a lot of the women female personal trainers always sending out that message like yes like eat more for one but also like if you lift weights you're not going to get bulky oh, oh yeah you want that's that's like number three, <laughs> number three. Oh, guys if lifting you're weights, all my buttons if yes. lifting weights made you bulky i'd be a little bit big i'd be a lot bigger <laughs> yeah it's a fucking lot of work yeah to, yeah and i mean I, I get so many questions of like well when did you start your fitness journey you know and i'm like i have been working out competitively since i was four years old you know i started lifting weights when i was 13 you know like i have worked my butt off to get the muscle that I have. It does not just come. And I'm also on a personal mission to convince people of that. And, you know, I, I get a lot of clients too where we focus on nutrition and then we get to a certain point where they just kind of feel stuck. Like I'm not building, I'm not doing whatever. And I'm like, you need to push yourself. Like put the 10 pounds down, grab the 20s. Like you need to make sure it's going to be individualized for any given person. But the point is it's got to be hard. Like I never have any fear of I'm going to get bulky. Like I am trying to be the strongest, fittest person that I can possibly be. And I still like, I would say I'm bulkier than most, but I don't feel like I'm excessively bulky. Yeah. I'd be, I'd be curious to know like what is bulky? What do yeah. women define as bulky? Sure. Um, well, I think, I think it's relative and what's interesting. And I'll be honest, like I do CrossFit and I actually find like CrossFit women attractive. Like oh, now when I see like just, 
I don't, you know, <laughs> I don't know, more like the yoga <laughs> figure or like, I don't know, I don't want to piss anyone off here, but like, it's just not as attractive to type. me. Right. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, I think, I think that's, what's funny. And what you talk about with social media, people get so up in arms and it's like, well, cool. If that's not your thing, yeah. then don't do it. Right. And like, you make a really good point of like, if, if you're worried of like, if somebody thinks that you're bulky and they don't want to look that way, well, you're, they're likely not willing to do the work yes. and it's going to take so many years to get there. 100%. Right. In the same way that like 600 grams of carbs is like one, it's going to be really hard for anyone to actually get that, but also like they don't have the same goals. So like yeah. you just got to realize that like it's, it's not one size fits all. So when we have all these questions in this conversation, it's like, it depends, Yeah. you know? And so it's like, I don't, I don't even think we can define it. And I think that's why like you and I talk a lot about these fad diets and people try this and they try that. And it's like, okay, well, what do you want? Don't just look at what's out there and these other people. It's like, you know, define that for you. Cause they, yeah, what's bulky for one person is not bulky for another. Yeah. Yeah. And it just, the point is it doesn't just happen. It's a progression. Like if you look back at my evolution, every once in a while I'll post old photos from like back in my college swimming days where I was not super muscular. I had a lot more body fat. I was probably uh, 10 to 15 pounds lighter than I am now. And I was the fittest I was for that sport because I didn't need a lot of muscle. Like that wasn't the point. And, but if you look at the evolution of my body from then till now, I mean, I have put on a ton of muscle, but that's been like, I graduated in 2013. It's 2021. Like that has been a eight, you know, eight year transition to where I'm at now and nice, nice it math. doesn't just, it doesn't just happen. <laughs> right. And that's consistently for consistently. all those years. Yeah. I think a lot of people who are worried about this are like, maybe go to the gym for four weeks and then they don't. Yeah. And it's like, you guys, this is ridiculous. Yeah. I love the thing you said, you told me one time, um, that was like, just cause you drive a car doesn't make you a NASCAR, NASCAR driver. driver yeah. I'm like, yeah. I love that because yeah, I mean, pff, I could probably be one, but like, you know, that's cause I'm amazing at everything. But, um, <laughs> just kidding. Um, but, but yeah, it's like in anything you do, shit takes a lot of time. Like you don't just go write a book. Yeah. Someone like, you know, whatever, Stephen King who writes a million books a day, like has been writing for fucking ever to be able to do that. Yeah. And it's the same idea, but I don't know why, maybe it's cause I'm in the world. So I see this so much, but I feel like no one complains about that with anything other else, yeah. Any, anything else Yeah. where, you know, it's like play around a golf on the weekend. You're not a pro golfer. It's yeah. Like, yeah. I don't want to golf too much. I don't want to get too good at this. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> okay, Kelly, I got a question for you talking about body image nutrition. Uh, what are your thoughts on body positivity? Ooh. Body positivity, body shaming. I've got some thoughts and questions, but I want to hear what, what you have to say first. That is a tough one. Um, I am all for embracing. I think for me it comes down to health. Like I think we should be – body positive around health. So I have a hard time. Like I would never support body shaming anybody, you know, for weight or body fat or anything like that. But I do struggle a little bit when we make it seem like it's okay to be unhealthy. So preach. Um, <laughs> Sorry, this is where I wanted to go. Yeah, exactly. you know, and, and health yeah. looks different to, in, you know, is different for every person. Like I'm not saying you need to be a, the pinnacle of health or you need to be that I'm the most healthy. Like I have a lot of things. I probably train at the extreme level where it's maybe borderline unhealthy. But you know, if we're saying like, ah, I'm going to eat McDonald's every day and body positive, like that to me is not okay because we are negatively impacting, you know, the healthcare system, our longevity, our kids. Like I, I get really upset watching, kids who are not eating, you know, good quality food sources. And I realize a lot of that is socioeconomic. It's not an easy fix. Um, 
but yeah, like health, like I would say that's kind of the overarching. Yeah. So it's interesting. And I bring this up cause I have, I don't do a lot of nutrition coaching, but I have one of my fitness clients who I've done some nutrition stuff with. And when she first started working with me, she used to be a member at a CrossFit gym I coached at in Castle Rock years ago. She had two kids and then it was like a year after her second kid. And she's like, all right, I'm ready to get back into fitness. She had a garage gym. So I started programming for her. And we're going through goal setting and I'm asking her like, what does she want? Like, are you looking to lose weight, build muscle, you know, just kind of figure it out. And she's like, oh, well, like I kind of want to lose some weight, but I'm, I'm happy. You know, I'm happy with, I know you're supposed to be happy with where you are. And like, and I was, so I dug a little deeper and, you know, we have some mutual friends who uh, is also a nutrition coach and very like outwardly spoken about body positivity. And eventually, long story short, I came to find that she felt guilty for saying that she wanted to lose weight. Wow. And it blew my mind. And I was like, and so this is what I want to ask you, because I think sometimes, you know, uh, this is tougher for women having this conversation. So like, you know, for me, it might be easier to just say like, oh, this is crazy. But I think on, on one hand, we've swung the pendulum too far to where now I have a client who like, is like, oh, I'm supposed to love my body. And it's like, well, yeah, you can love your body and be, you know, comfortable in your own skin, right? Because confidence is not determined on what you weigh or how you look, right? You can develop that inside, but you can also want to better yourself. And yeah. I think that that's something being a coach and being in the fitness industry, I really struggle with. It's like, cool. You can still like not be, better. not be like 50 pounds overweight and like maybe you're 10, 10 pounds heavier than you want to be. And it's okay to like want to. And I think there's a lot of people in society who are like, Oh, ha treat yourself, have the beer, have the pizza. Like I know if I go out with friends who are not really into fitness, that's something I struggle with. And I feel like they're shaming me for yeah. wanting to make good choices. Oh, it's so true. So I was in a situation, uh, oh gosh, a couple months ago where I ended up in a scenario with people who don't prioritize health and fitness as much as me. Nothing wrong with that. But I, I had so much anxiety the whole weekend because I felt like I was being pressured to drink, pressured to eat unhealthy and almost like you know, being kind of made fun of for wanting to go exercise. And I was like, it just reminded me like how I've made an intentional effort to surround myself with people who have similar habits and stuff as me, because I, I just think you attract, you know, that type of um, positive energy. And it's just things, it just lifestyle wise, it makes sense. But I would, I just left the weekend feeling so emotionally drained and just like, wow, like it's, it's crazy, you know, just eye opening that there's so many different people out there who have different goals and that's totally fine. But yeah, I was like, that was not a great scenario for me. <laughs> I was not very happy in that scenario. I'm just feeling kind of pressured, but I totally agree. I think we've gone so far. It's like, it's like one extreme or the other. Like we can never float in the middle and we can never reinforce consistent habits and, you know, progress over time. Like everyone wants the quick fix. Everyone wants the instant gratification or they just want to say, screw it. You know, like how many people out there just say, you know what, COVID hit and I gained 30 pounds, you know, like that happened to so many people. And like, I get it. Um, but honestly, one of my, probably the most common question I got over COVID was well, like, how are you still motivated to work out? And I'm like, guys, this is the best part of my day. You know, like this is what I have control over. You know, this is something I can do for myself every day. And not everybody kind of has that mindset but this is a perfect segue <laughs> something i would love to talk about so you mentioned earlier it's very obvious and evident like what makes you happy what brings you joy what your passions are and as you said not everyone has that so i'd love to hear your thoughts just kind of on happiness and like maybe this has changed you know throughout your lifetime but uh it seems very clear what makes you happy but not everyone has that. So do you have any thoughts or advice or maybe things that you've worked through that could help people if they're if they're in that place or they're listening and they're like, ah, 
man, I don't, the way Kelly talks about like working out or like helping people, like, I don't have that. How do I find that? Yeah. Um, it's a, so happiness is definitely something I have, it sounds weird, but like focused on a lot. Like it is a lot more of like an active effort than I think a lot of people realize. Um, and for me, it takes intentional daily effort every day to think about like, Hey, I'm going to wake up. I'm going to be, you know, grateful for what I have. And I think gratitude is a good starting place, like trying not to fall into the woes me every day and starting your day off with positivity and thinking about those things that you do have. Um, allowing yourself to find things and follow things that you're passionate about, even if they seem silly. So like for me, it's fitness, maybe it's golf, maybe it's basket weaving. I don't know, but like giving into those things and making time for those things to allow yourself to have that joy that's, um, you know, something that's going to be, you know, that's going to bring you joy every single day. Um, but it's, yeah, it's tough. I mean, (laughs) I think a lot of people struggle with it. Um, I would say the other big realization I've had over the, especially in the last year or so is you cannot rely on other people to make you happy. And it really is an inside job. So I think I have at times in my life given people more power than I should have, um, more control over my happiness. And when they let me down, I had a downward, you know, spiral. And so at this point, you know, I've made intentional steps in my life to be more in control of my own happiness so that I don't allow that influence to impact me as much as it would previously. I know that sounds a little obscure, but. No, I think that was really well said. <laughs> Looking within and. It's an inside job. I yeah, that, that was so good. I, that's what we try to talk about. Like what makes you happy? Yeah. Not what your parents said or what these yeah. people or you go on vacation, have the beer, let loose yeah. and all this stuff. It's like, no, I'm dark. I know what makes me happy Yeah. and I'm not going to have the beer. I'm not going to have that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I honestly, I see a, a lot of the backlash in like relationships and friends and stuff that I have of relying too much on somebody else to make you happy and how that can really backfire in many different scenarios. So I won't say I'm an expert in that area, <laughs> not married, um, but you know, I'm, di- I'm divorced. So I got you beat <laughs> there. <laughs> but I feel at least a lot more in control when that time comes to approach it from a better, healthy space. Yes. Like, so you said you put a lot of intention and focus. And our tagline is we say we believe happiness is a choice. Yep. And it's you wake up, you make that choice. So is that something relatively new? How long have you been really like putting intention on that? Is there Was there a moment that led to that? I would say that it's really been the last year or so and it catapulted a lot of different from a lot of different things. And, um, I would say the breaking point for me was the ending of two back to back relationships that I felt like were like bizarre mirror images of each other. And I said, okay, I got to break the cycle. Like this has more to do with me than anything else. And I realized for myself that I was so self-conscious about like, for me, it's been financial debt. That's been something that I've really struggled with coming out of grad school with a lot of debt, which, you know, goes back to a whole other slew of issues with our education system. But um, I felt like, or I just realized that I was allowing people to have power over me because I was insecure about something totally unrelated, but for myself was financial security. And so I said, you know what? Like I'm never allowing this to be a factor again in any relationship in the future. I will make the steps. I will work my butt off to make sure that this never happens. And so like I worked my butt off in 2020, like 2020 was a great year for me. I saved a ton of money. I bought my own place, you know, did a full renovation. I, you know, basically expanded into three new business areas. So I have multiple streams of income and 
I have never felt like I've been thriving more than I have, like especially within like the last six months. And for me, it's not about making money for the sake of making money. It's making enough money to not stress or feel insecure about it so that I can not feel like I need anybody. <laughs> yeah. I, I love all that. That's so great. Um, you almost make it sound so easy. It's not to, easy. Uh, to, you know, fail, terrible word, but like failed relationships, you know, you broke up. And you, I think a lot of people don't take that ownership and look within and be like, hmm, what, kind of, what type of person am I attracting? Yeah. <laughs> I went back and lived in my parents' house for almost two years. Really? You know how embarrassing it is to be <laughs> at 27 years old living at home? And I said, you know what? I will suck it up and I saved money and I don't regret it at all. <laughs> so uh, that's great. I mean, I, I love that. Like I was going to ask you, like, what is it like that second relationship? You have this realization like maybe it's me. It, like maybe you can describe what it felt like, you know, like sitting in bed at night being like, I need to work on myself and this is going to, this might be ugly. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was a little bit of a harsh reality where I felt like I had a very definitive ending point to the first one. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm never doing that again. And then it was like, I very quickly ended up in a eerily similar situation. And I was like, how did I let myself do this? You know? And it's so easy to just want to, put the blame on other people but it's like you have to realize like I'm letting myself attract people who have serious fundamental flaws I'm like at the very least I can acknowledge that I have my own flaws and like I need to take accountability for mine I can't take accountability for theirs but all I know is I'm going to remove myself from the situation and take steps to prevent it from happening again so yeah I mean it's it was a hard realization especially because I feel like I'm so type a and I've always been in control of every aspect of my life like I followed the plan I you know went to, I was, you know, got all the good grades. I went to a good undergrad. I, you know, got my grad school degree. I did everything right, but I still just felt so overwhelmed with like, how come I have friends who are, you know, didn't go to grad school or didn't even go to college who are making more money than me or can buy things and can do these things and I can't do them, you know? And so for a long time, it was a pity party. Like, mm. <laughs> I, I shouldn't have this much debt and I, why am I, you know, single? Blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, you know what? Like I have control over how I respond to this situation. And like, I have a chance to like totally change things around. And like, it has been a complete 180 for me within a year. So I think people now look at me you know, and maybe wonder like, how is she confident and how is she like this? And I'm like, this took me a long time. Hmm. <laughs> I yeah. was not always in this headspace. Um, and so just like strong in my bearings of like who I am, what I have to offer. And like at this point, I'm just not willing to settle for what I feel like is less than I deserve. So how, how did you, I, I wonder just cause like, I don't know, I feel like I've been there and if someone's in a relationship, uh, it doesn't, ha it can be more things like a boss, like I keep getting these bosses uh, or like friends too. Like I make these new friends and then they're like, I think they're cool and actually shitty people. Is there something you did specifically that you, you kind of mentioned a few of those things and like what shifted? Was, was it just awareness? Was it like, oh, I'm showing up this way? I think awareness was the first step of just realizing and also taking the power back, like saying I have control over the situation. Like I have more time than I want. Like I'm like, you know what? Like, I spend how many X hours a night watching TV? Like I could take that time and do something productive with it to at least bring myself more joy. And if nothing else, hopefully bring another stream of income in. So like making, I think, uh, you know, something what I focus on with a lot of my clients in any regard is focus on what you have control over. And that's true in competing. It's true in 
your job or any scenario you're in, what do you have control over? And last year I had control over how I spent my time, you know, the things that I invested in, taking chances on myself, you know, starting my own business and just like making things happen and also saying, you know what, I'm going to embrace the fact that I am living at my parents' house and take full advantage of that to be able to set myself up for success. Like I set a very concrete goal of wanting to buy my own place and, you know, be more financially stable, but it was a, it was a conscious choice, you know, like you, you have to do that. And, um, I think in that same vein, just like what you're saying with friends and stuff and kind of going back to time, why I'm so like time is so valuable to me. But even like with people in my life, like I have made it a point of eliminating people who don't add value to my life. Like if you get access to my time, like you should, I don't want that. That's not the way I want to say it, but you know what I mean? Like, like I am giving you the most valuable piece of me if you have access to my time. So, um, I stopped, I just eliminated the need to feel like, oh, well, I've been friends with so-and-so forever. Or I feel this obligation because we were friends in high school. Like, I just stopped that. I'm like, if it's not a give and take and we're not adding value to each other's lives, like, I will still be nice and friendly to you, but I'm just not going to invest my time. And um, I think sometimes, like, I even think, like, in the gym setting, I don't know, maybe you can answer this for me, but, like, I go in there and I'm so intentional. I'm like, I have stuff to do. My time is limited. And, like, I probably come off, like, this psycho in the corner who doesn't want to talk to anybody and it's not who I am, but like, I'm like, I have a mission. I, ha- I don't have time to waste. So, um. yeah, I love that. I've seen that, uh, <laughs> at my gym with this guy. Yeah, I don't know if you know Eric Hinman, mm-hmm. but they'll come in and he's not chatting and it's like, Oh, this fucking guy. It's like, I, I actually respect it. I'm like, yeah, I know he's got structured day. He's got shit to do. And you know, um, for mostly for him, it's like, I don't know, going for mountain biking and like, it really, he's really enjoying life, but like, but he's very intentional about that. Like, I have this time for mountain biking. I'm going to go do that. And I think that's great to have, like you said, the awareness of what's important to you and what's making you happy and to make sure those systems are in place to go after those things. And then like taking a freaking chance and going for it. (laughs) That's so huge. What so many people don't do. Mm -hmm. And we talk about this all the time, but it's like, man, you're just going to let your life go by. We get one life and you're just going to not do it because you're a little afraid. Yep. Yeah. On that same vein, if nothing changes, nothing changes. And I think so many people, hopefully if you're listening to this, you know, go follow Kelly. (laughs) So fired up. Uh, Yeah. Sorry. Bad Mads is losing it right now. She is the ultimate hype woman. Vainy triumphant bastard. Uh, (laughs) Oh my God. Okay. Um, Yeah. If I imagine, you know, if we circle back on like, the Instagram people see you, they're like, Oh, she's got this big following. You know, she's super fit. She looks good. She gets to work out all the time. They have all these perceptions. And then now it's like, okay, maybe you think you want that, but are you willing to do the things? Are you willing to work the hours? And yeah, like I see you and I I feel like, you know, I always try to say hi to you, but I also am like, I know she's in here to do work and I respect that. And I love that. Like, that's, that's what I'm about. Like I love training. It's a passion of mine. And so I get that. Um, and I don't think people are willing to do that and spend the time and like, yeah, are you willing to go, you know, live with your parents again? You know, are you willing to do all these things? And that's what most people aren't, right? Yeah. They want the thing, but they're not willing to do what it takes to get there. And then I love everything that you talked about in the pa- about past relationships and like, you know, being in debt and not making enough money. And it's like, what I would call that is the victim mentality. And mm-hmm. so many people and myself included, like we fall into that and we're like, oh man, like this isn't fair and this isn't fair. And it's like, well... You can decide to just keep thinking that way and your life will stay the same. Or like you said, you can do something about it and it can be a hard reality. But like at the end of the day, you know, 
what do you want? What's important? And like you said, maybe that is like cutting out some friendships and it's not like in a mean or hurtful way, but it's like, oh, this no longer serves me and I'm going to prioritize what's important and I'm going to make sacrifices. But it's like, because I have a very clear why, you know, and there's plenty of people who are just like coasting through life unhappy. And it's like, cool, let's do something about it. Make a change, any change. You know, I would say I made a lot of changes and it was like, all right, this is either going to go well or it's going <laughs> to crash and burn. But um, yeah, I could be sitting in the same place I was a year ago and just be sitting like still at my parents, not doing anything. Well, um, that's the thing with taking a risk. You're either going to succeed and get it and nail it or you're going to fail. And that failure is required so you can fix that shit and try again and then yeah. succeed the next time. Or maybe it's the third or fourth or fifth time. But like that's what you need. And if you really want that, it's worth it. It's better than just being stagnant and yeah. unhappy. Yeah. yeah. Right. Cause like maybe what if you didn't have that second relationship with the ex exact same, you might not have looked inward. Yeah. Right. And in the moment it's hard to see, but yeah. now I imagine part of you is grateful. You're like, cool. I was able to fix that now instead of when I'm like 50 or 60 or like whenever it is, is, is make a change. So I'm curious, you talked about a lot of change in the past year. You mentioned confidence a couple of times in our uh, questionnaire that we sent you. So like what has been the biggest change for for you in the last year and how you show up and like, how does that feel for you walking around now versus maybe like a year ago and just how you view situations and relationships? Yeah. I mean, I would say not that I haven't, I was like a really self-conscious person before, but like, like growing up, I was very shy. Like I didn't talk to people stuck, you know, in my own veins. And, um, you know, I tried intentionally throughout periods of my life, push myself to, uh, get out of my comfort zone. Like one of them was going out of, out of state for college. Like I could have very easily stayed and lived at home or been close to mom and dad, but it was like, no, like I want to go where I know absolutely no one and make it work. And then, so I went to California and then I decided a couple of years later, okay, grad school, you know, I could stay here. I have friends here. I flew all the way or drove all the way, correction. <laughs> my parents were like, yeah, we know, uh, drove all the way across the country to Florida with it and totally started again and put myself in a completely new environment. And I think those two kind of catapulted at least this, like being comfortable, getting uncomfortable. Um, and I think, you know, I did struggle with some self-confidence stuff around relationships because again, I gave them a lot of power that they didn't deserve, you know, and, I, and it took me realizing that I could take that power back to really catapult me into this like really confident person that I am now. And I think also part of it was like taking chances and then getting positive success. You know, it's reaffirming. It's like this positive cycle where, you know, I started putting content out on social media, like, okay, well what happens? And I'm like, Oh, I'm growing and I'm getting positive feedback and okay. I started a Facebook group and Oh, it's growing and I'm getting access to this. And like my business ventures are growing and, um, you know, it's like, okay, this is working. Like, you know, I'm like, yay me, it's going, it's going, you know, and it just builds confidence over time. And now it's like, I'm at the point where, you know, I definitely don't have it all figured out. I think that is definitely a misconception. I don't think anybody knows what the heck they're really doing. <laughs> um, but I'm like, you know, it's, I feel good about everything that I'm doing and my ability to impact people. And um, yeah, just like comfortable in my own skin. And I can't think of like a, like a concrete, this is exactly when it happened. But I look back and I'm like, okay, I'm doing it. I'm okay. I'm well, <laughs> the fact is that every choice yeah. is getting you here. You're asking yeah. the universe for more. Mm -hmm. And when you do that, you're going to get opportunities and you're also going to get shit shoved in your face and go, mm, yeah, Kelly, do you really want this? <laughs> we'll see about that. And uh, maybe it's the failed relationships. Maybe it's, um, you know, you fail a rep in a workout or, and it's like that costs you a few spots or something like that. But it's like, 
again, that's the universe going, well, okay, you want to try again next year? You really want this? Go to the yeah. games? Or um, you really want to be a CrossFit athlete and work full-time? Like, we're just going to shove shit in your face and COVID's going to happen? And that happened to everyone. But, um, but you continually, like, yes, I do. Yes, I do. I'm going to keep showing up, keep doing the things. And that's when you start seeing the success and the feedback and all that stuff because you've been taking the risk and wanting more. Yep. Just got to keep plugging away. It's not a yeah. – it's not a linear path, but you just keep keep trying, keep evolving, and yeah, just keep moving one yeah. day at a time. Yeah, I love what you said. You feel comfortable in your own skin. And I talked to so many people that if they could feel that about themselves, mm-hmm. their life would change. Yep. And ultimately, it's find something you love and go after it. Yep. Kelly, this has been incredible. <laughs> I love it so much. Is there anything else, any words of wisdom you have for our audience? I have a question for Kelly, actually. Who's coming in? Um, You are literally the most inspiring person. (laughs) (laughs) I've just been back here like, oh, my God, let's go. Um, You're awesome. Does anyone, like, really inspire you? to like be doing all these things i i have a lot of people that i kind of pull from you know like a lot of athletes and stuff like you know you look at someone like simone biles where it's like it's hard not to just see someone who is already the best in the world the best there ever was who's still trying to be the best version of herself every single day like i think if as an athlete i can't not look at her and be like she's just like the goat you know Mm -hmm. um you know but i also i think there's a lot of like entrepreneurial people that inspire me a lot um somebody that i kind of mentioned in my questionnaire andy frazella i don't know if you guys are familiar but he's the owner of first forum and um i had the privilege of meeting him um last year when i was out in st louis and the most appealing or inspiring thing to me was that this is somebody who is a multimillionaire, you know uber successful in every aspect of his life and the thing that stuck with me though was not that it was that his mantra is i will treat every person that i interact with as if they are the most important person in the world and i was like if everybody else had that mindset, we would be such a better society, you know, like, yes, not to be high and mighty. It like, it like gives me chills. I've got chills. I literally, I was like, guys, I've been getting chills this whole episode. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I'm like, I aspire to be that type of person where I'm like, I can thrive and continue to grow, but also like be surrounded by such an amazing network of people that are like, yeah, she's a good freaking person. She cares about people. And, you know, just kind of continue to evolve. Just never stop moving. Yeah, that's awesome. I I love that. Speaking of first form, Mm -hmm. to wrap the podcast up, you got a discount code? Wait, actually, before (laughs) before I even say that. Are we going to chug some reds and greens right now? I I have an idea. Shooters? I'm I'm feeling. I can get you some reds and greens. I'm feeling super, I'm feeling generous over here. Um, What, uh. What's coming? (laughs) My shirt's coming off. Oh, my God. Um, If you could give somebody. If you could give someone one supplement, not yourself, but they create, I don't know, whatever. But if you could give <laughs> one supplement to someone, what would you gift? Uh, I mean, oh, so I do love my green, like greens for general health um, and protein. People struggle with protein. Yeah. Lot, but good quality stuff. But it's all in the framework. You know, like I, I talk, if you follow me on social media, I talk about supplements a lot, but it's in the context of a healthy diet and meeting nutritional and health needs. And so many people fall short of it for various reasons. We're busy. We just don't want to eat those things. Um, So I never want people to think that I'm just trying to shove supplements down their throat. It's really in the context of their eat whole foods, whole foods, vegetables, protein. And yeah. yeah, And then they're supplemental. I say this because, and Kelly does have a discount code for first form (laughs) if you want supplements, but if you tag me, Taylor and Kelly on Instagram, 
with your biggest takeaway from this podcast. I will pick a winner and I will send you some greens or protein or it's your choice. <laughs> Not both, but I will pick one. Wow. Because I'm just feeling wow. generous. It's summertime. <laughs> Man. My nipples this guy's fired. <laughs> you guys are lucky. So, yeah. Do that. Tag all three of us. Make sure you do that. Otherwise, we won't know you did it. And what was your biggest takeaway from this? And, uh, yeah, I'll DM you. And uh, make sure you get some subs. Subs. <laughs> yeah. Kelly, thank you so much. This is incredible. This is exactly what I'd hoped for. Um, it goes to show you're so much more than just CrossFit. You bring mm-hmm. a lot to the table, and you're bringing a lot of positivity to the world. And I hope people, if they're struggling or facing adversity, they can pick something and just, just do something. Yeah. Get yeah. after it. So thank oh, yeah. you so much you're for your so time. You're so welcome. I Wh- appreciate it. What is the discount code for First Form? I actually don't have discount code. Don't have discount code? All right. Wow. Well, blew that one. <laughs> Should have asked before the podcast. Uh, well, Juice, guess can what you I'm, edit this out? <laughs> guess what? I'm still buying you. I'm still buying someone. Uh, I'll, I'll find another <laughs> discount code. <laughs> uh, all right. So that's it. We're wrapping it up on that. Killed that one. Uh, hey, everybody. Until Nailed next time. It. Kelly, thanks so much. We're out of here. Peace.